and welcome to the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I am here alongside Dylan and G for this Halloween-themed episode of the show. After seven weeks of the 2021 <laughs> season, we rank and discuss the top five quarterbacks in the league today. We'll also update you on our listener league, as well as the starts and sits for week eight. Finally, in the spirit of Halloween, we share with you the players that we are most afraid of in our matchups. Today is October 27th, 2021, and this is the 37th episode of the show. And whenever you're listening to this, it is officially Halloween week, so I guess this is our Halloween-themed episode for this week. So uh, be spooked, be scared for your fantasy lineups this week, and uh, we have a lot to get into today, actually, so why don't we just go right into it? So Dylan, why don't you share with us the Listener League scores? So um, to week seven, um, our first matchup, my team versus Simple Jack. Um, my team beat his team with a score of 146.44 to 53.8. Not going to lie. So whoever you are, set your lineup, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was a free yeah. win for me, but it didn't feel right. You um, almost 100 peated him. You almost scored 100 more on than him. I know. I felt bad. Anyway, um, next our next the next matchup, um, we have G's team Steelers fan five ten loses to Team Bolly Dogs with a score eighty seven point six four to one hundred thirty nine point seven four. Yeah, that happens. You know, my team was just on a buy. I got hit hard by 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 apocalypse or whatever. Everybody was doing it. It happens. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. We just let it happen. It's fantasy football for everyone, right? That's six. You had six points between Davis, Hines, and Rondale Moore. Damn. Okay. Yeah. That's ugly. It's a shame. Terrible, terrible. Next, we have um, Matt's team against Certified Charger Boy, and he loses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just, I'm seeing the score right now 125.04 to Certified Chargers Boys, 125.16. So if you don't understand the math here, I lost by 0.12 points. And the reason why is because of the bipocalypse, because Antonio Brown was out with an injury and everyone else on my team was on by. So I didn't have any bench spots left, so I couldn't drop anyone. So instead of doing that, I decided to play him straight instead of dropping someone in important. So I decided to just play Antonio Brown, even though he was going to put up zero. And I was going to win if the Niners defense didn't allow that last second touchdown to Michael Pittman that took them down by a point and I lost because of it. So, you know, I felt devastated on two ends from that touchdown. Thanks, considering all, Niners. Considering all things, that's actually pretty good. Even though you had a, your team had a bike apocalypse. No, I feel nothing. I feel, <laughs> I feel empty inside. Hey, they, they, ter- they tried their best. It just fell short. No, fuck, the Niners. fuck the Niners. <laughs> you should email Kyle Shanahan about how about the Niners. Can you just not? Oh, <laughs> even a field goal, even if the Colts kicked a field goal, I would be okay. But no, third and 10, they throw it up to Michael Pittman, and there's no one around him, and they just fucking score a touchdown. <laughs> that, I'm just like, you, you got to be kidding me, man. You should really Why? air out your grievances with an email. Well, I'm going to be a golf fan from now on. You're going to become a golf fan? Yeah. 
I have to change the podcast for you, huh? How about uh, I don't know, I don't know, call people. Get back to me on that. All right, to get back on track, um, the, our next team, Mr. Gav, who is unfortunately not here today, uh, he beats out the fantasy villain Nando with a score of one sixteen point three four to one hundred seven point four eight. Yeah, I, mean, I want to say something about this, you know. We want so, to say, you know, Nando is one of our, you know, co-hosts on this po- on this podcast, right? And we, we, me and me and Matt were talking earlier, and we you know we we kind of came to a realization that ever What's since that the Panthers, ever since the Panthers started losing, Nando's kind of not come back on this <laughs> on our podcast here. <laughs> like I know he might be taking the losses pretty personal because you know when they were three, you know, I remember him. Coming on to the episode talking just with me about Sam Darnold and how bright we were ever since he had those bad games. <laughs> no one's ever heard of him. Yep. I think uh, Nando Nando's taking it personally. He doesn't want to come back on here and uh, face the doubters, the haters, because he knows he's wrong. Gav, I don't know why he's not here tonight, but I think I speak for him when he asks Nando, who's your daddy? He's beaten him twice now. <laughs> Can we quickly talk about um gab's new name the one they crewed against do you, do you guys know what that's all about i actually okay. don't so i don't really understand what's going on there i think he's, this is just false accusations right he's probably hearing shit in his head yep sounds about right i don't know about that one match though against vivek it's not i don't i think it had nothing to do with collusion. i think vivek woke up i think he woke up and he was like <laughs> i decided to put put in my lineup and he beat Gav fair and square. That's how I see it. If you're listening, Vivek, that's... don't start your lineup this week, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder who he's facing. Fernando, we miss you. Come back. Step it <laughs> up, though. <laughs> if the Panthers, who do the Panthers play? They play the Falcons. So maybe if the Panthers win, uh, Nando will come back. Maybe he's still crying about Cam. Who, comes back, Cam? who, come, who comes back for his putting your bets right now? Christian McCaffrey or Nando? Oh, that's a hard oh, that's a one. I'll bet on my boy Nando. I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet on Nando. I'm yeah. too used yeah. to seeing Christian McCaffrey on the IL. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh... All right. So we have two more. Um, we have USC stand three four six nine losing to Team Andrew MCW ninety eight with a score of one eleven point six two to. 132.90. So congratulations to Andrew MCW. And last, we have the main man himself, Team Vivek, losing to MC Youngboy Cookju with a score of 111.86 to 162.78. So that's to recap week seven. And currently in our league, in first place right now is me, Team Brockhampton. Second, T. Andrew, MCW98. And for number three, MC Youngboy cooked you. So, and we're, have we reached halfway in our season so far, Matt? Or is we're it almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. Yeah. Man, I'm six. I went from third to six because of Antonio Brown. Oh, and the my, my apocalypse hit my winning streak a little hard on a two game win streak again. Uh, see, you know, I am Najee Harris, and everybody else in the game is all out. So, yes. kind of can't do much about that. Not fun. Yeah, it is what it is. We'll be back on track this week. Yeah. Shout out, Vivek. <laughs> I'm just want to say, give a shout out, Cooper Cup, 
dang it for carrying my team. Yeah, all I want to say is, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, that guy. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I do have the most points scored against me at 980. So, you know, can't do much about that. Don't give me that, honestly. I scored the most points against you, I think, in our matchup, and I still lost. Okay, but that's that's what I do every week. I'm, like, like third or fourth in scoring, but I'm, like, seventh place. Where am I right now? I'm pretty sure I got a hell of Well, actually, I've been pretty lucky in this league. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still surprised that my team is coming out on top. I think that first match, I think week one against G, I should have lost because um, that was the week that uh, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, I think he was telling telling off Brandon (laughs) Ayuk and Brandon Ayuk didn't do anything for G. So I kind of feel bad about that. Thank thank you, Kyle Shanahan, for ruining my season in two ways now (laughs) because fantasy football sucks because of you. And the regular season for the Niners sucks because of you as well. He kind of gave I, you the little bait and switch with the 2-0 yeah. in the beginning. Then look over it's I think it's like week, it's about it's week eight currently. Yes. So, my golden rule, NDN, never draft Niners ever again. Never That's draft your own rule now. Hey <laughs> man, if you want to draft your Steelers, that's fine with me. But uh it hurts more when they lose. And exactly. you're and you're with, with your fantasy team as well. I can't. I can't reconcile that. But yeah, that's to re- That's it for week seven of the sleeper league. Yep. Nando loses again, two and five. So he's all the way down in tenth place. He's a game out from the playoffs. It's not looking better for him either. Oh well. Hey, hey, he's lower. Everybody's lower than him on a multiple game losing streak. So. <laughs> How many has he lost straight this time? Like, I feel like he's lost the last three. He or lost so. three yeah. in a row. <laughs> Simple Jack lost five in a row. I think he's asleep on the wheel, but. Yeah. So you're telling me he was two and two, and then now he's two and five. I think he's yeah. definitely stopped setting his lineup. And he was two and oh. Herbert or uh, Simple Jack? No, Simple Jack. That's oh, my yeah. friend. I'm oh, not yeah. going to claim him right now, but that's my friend. But yeah, it's okay. Let's just, you know move on from fantasy football and, you know, get into this topic of real life quarterbacks. We're going to set aside the fantasy for a little bit, take a little break. And we're going to talk about, you know, QBs and our top fives. Uh, me and Matt got our list here and Dylan's going to help us chime in and just give his opinion. And, you know, we're going to start from number five, which you both have the same, uh, you know, Justin Herbert. When you want, why do you think he's a fifth rated quarterback? You know, it's a really hard choice, and maybe I'll omit the surprise uh, omission till later, but Justin Herbert was a late addition to my top five because I just thought, you know, who are the top five? Because I rank this right now as the top five quarterbacks playing right now. In this season, in the past seven games, who do mm-hmm. I feel like have had the best performances? And right. Justin Herbert, with a new head coach, has been incredible. You know, you assume maybe there would be a sophomore slump or something like that because he had just an incredible rookie season. I think he broke Baker Mayfield's uh, record in a single season for touchdown passes. And And yards, right? Exactly. Well, I don't think of Baker's record, but whatever record, whoever had it before. Yeah. But either way, he's the record holder. And you wouldn't assume that he would necessarily be able to follow that up with kind of a top five quarterback season. But, you know, right now the Chargers, I believe, are uh, four and two. And they're, you know, they're probably going to be one of the NFC, the AFC West leaders right now in the division. And mm-hmm. that's mostly in part of Justin Herbert. 
I mean, I think they're favorites right now to win their division. And as a second-year player with the teams in their division, you have, you know, a well-established, you know, Chiefs team. We only need to speak on what's happening there. But, you know, before the season started, you know, they're Super Bowl favorites. And you have, like, the Raiders, who, you know, been maybe one of the biggest surprises in the league, who's keeping up with the Chargers at this point, both five and two. So, you know, I think that's uh, also, you know, not going to be in our list. Spoiler alert, Derek Carr. You know, just we are speaking on the Raiders. He should be somewhere in this conversation, I feel like. But he's just not, you know, I don't think he's big time. And, you know, when pocket gets a little bad, he's not the most, you know, uh, move around, try to throw on the run. He's definitely, like, has his times where he's, you know, scared of the pocket. But, you know, that that is what it is for Derek Carr. But he is definitely, you know, in the top seven to eight range for at least me personally. Yeah, I, I don't trust Carr. That's the thing. I yeah, see his exactly. passing totals. I see that he's top five in passing yards, but I just don't trust that when the game is online or I feel confident. I don't even feel confident, you know, in his ability to win me a game, right? All five of right. these guys, I feel like I can trust, like, right now. They can give me an incredible performance. But Derek Carr, I just feel like he just needs the support, and that's what I don't like about it. And that's why I don't think he's top five right now. Right. I think one more notable name that we both left off that I think we should talk about before we really move into the deeper into the list is Dak Prescott. And, you know, I think that's a big name that most people would, I think, put around this range. And I think for me, if I had to pick a sixth or maybe a seventh quarterback, he'd be there. But I just don't think big games. I know it's hard to say that you can't win big games because, you know, he's never played too many. And he's, I think in the postseason, he's one and two record or one and one. Um, so it's not like horrible. There's not many games, but you know, I think with just like, you know, the dynamic, like, you know, it comes with what you're given on your offense. And I feel like he has a lot around him, which helps him succeed. So, you know, we're compared to like someone like Lamar who has absolutely nothing, you know, who's going to be an artist later. So, you know, just, a, I feel like that's the big comparison for me. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, Dak, I think he is in that top six or seven, you know, right now. I'd love to have Dak Prescott on my team if I were the 49ers. But the thing is, he's just not better than the top five here on this list. Like right now, like Justin Herbert, you may could you maybe could make the case right now that him and Herbert, just because of records, are equal. But talent-wise, I think Dak has the edge because he has the more talented team around him. And C.D. Lamb, Lamar. The stats are on his favor down size too, you know. Yeah, I think that's a big thing too for people that like put Dak in their top five. Exactly. So I just feel like right now, I feel like Dak is getting to his prime. Herbert is just getting started. That's why I think I edged him out. Mm-hmm. I think we've also seen the peak of Dak, you know, which is not bad at all. Like we said, top six or seven quarterback. There's no disrespect to him, you know, like we're not saying he's not top 10 or anything like that. So I think you just seen like, what the peak of his game is, whereas like these guys that we're going to go into, even though I think they're just ceiling is just a little bit higher at their peak. Okay. I mean, number four on my list is Josh Allen. You have him at number two, but you have Kyler Murray at number four. I have him at number one at the moment. So there's yeah, so, a little bit of a difference right here. Mm-hmm. I think we're definitely looking at a, different kind of metrics, I guess, you know, none, we didn't really classify what, you know, makes our top five, but for me, I put Kyler Murray at four just because, you know, he does have the least amount of like 
like uh, reps in you know in these type of situations. Whereas like the guys I have ahead of him have done this for just a couple of years more, and I just feel safer in with you know like I just know I can trust him. I've never Colin Murray's never played a playoff game yet. You know he's in the same boat as Justin Herbert. You're just kind of assuming that they're going to play the same level in the playoffs. You know whereas the other guys I've seen you know take the next step in big games time after time and also in the playoffs. So, you know, I just trust him more. For me, it's just, I just feel the trust factor of a Kyler for talent wise, you know, obviously in the MVP race, stuff like that, it's different. He'd probably be a little bit higher in my list. You know, I'd probably, like you said, I'd probably move Josh Allen down a little bit, but just pure like today, as of right now, I trust Josh Allen more than I do trust Kyler Murray. That's fair to say. And, you know, the stats are pretty comparable. I just think right now, Kyler's just blowing this out of the water because I think the Arizona offense, again, I, I based most of my uh, rankings on right now. And I, I do agree, you know, Kyler's never been to a playoff game, so we don't know how he's going to perform there. And Josh Allen, we've seen a couple of games from him. But, you know, Kyler is scoring at least, I think, 30 points per game. Um, and that doesn't include the 49ers game. I think they only put up 17, and that's because I think he did get hurt during that game. And, you know, divisional games are kind of different. And They're more physical, and, you know, you've seen each other many times. Exactly. But, you know, he is up against, you know, probably the toughest division right now, and he has beaten both the Rams and the vaunted 49ers defense. And mm-hmm. he <laughs> – but regardless, you know, I just think he's just breaking all barriers right now. And he is, his stats are astronomical. They're through the roof. And Josh Allen's been great. He's absolutely been phenomenal. But at the same time, I don't think he's played the same level of competition as it stands. He played against, you know, guys like the Chiefs. He beat the Chiefs. He also lost to the Titans. And the Steelers. And the Steelers. Yep. Couldn't forget about that. But, you know, I just, I give credit more to Kyler Murray right now. Mm -hmm. No, definitely understandable, you know. Hmm. His team is still undefeated, so I think that's a interesting accomplishment in itself, isn't it? Like, no one's been able to stop you enough to where they can win the game. And, you know, you might have gotten 17-1 game, still won, you know. So I think that's, like, the most impressive part about the whole Kyler Murray situation this year, which is why I'd probably have him higher in my MVP, MVP race, like I said earlier, but just, you know, Purely, if I had to, you know, pick a quarterback tomorrow's game, he just it wouldn't go before, you know, the guys I have ahead of him. And I think next up, we both have the same quarterback. Um, you know, not a shock. Been playing like MVP, previous MVP, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, double double threat, you know, got the legs, got the – clearly got the arm. I don't know why people were questioning this. You know, as a Steelers fan, I would – Lamar Jackson, you know, now we got Joe Burrow in our division too. This is just all hell loose in our division. Hey, you got you Ben, know. though. You got Haskins. We got, got Ben. Rudolph. We got the trifecta. We got three better quarterbacks than Lamar. Exactly. You know, yeah, man, Lamar, I think Lamar is doing the most with the least amount, you know. But comparing to everybody else in his top five, it's significantly worse in his situation. Obviously, their scheme around it and they – still produce a lot of yards and the win games and whatnot, right? But, you know, I just feel like they could do so much more in the right system, you know, in the right – even though, you know, like he is, you know, wanting to run the ball, he can just do so much with his ability to pass that they can't even, like, you know, 
really utilize yet, I feel like, to the maximum. So I just feel like, you know, Lamar, he's that guy. I think probably second or, second or third in MVP and most value is Lamar, in my opinion, because he does the most with a little. You know, all the running backs are out too. I think that's very impressive. Lamar is exactly what I want to see Trey Lance become, at least what he's done this year in terms of his rise, because we've seen what the Ravens offense has been the two years prior is that they run the ball, they shorten the game, and they have so many running backs that they could run on you with, plus Lamar. And, you know, they were always the biggest rushing team in the league. They had this huge, you know, rushing yard streak. They had uh, 100 yards in, like, each game or something like that. Big Fangio is not very happy about that. But, you know, when – but now you've seen that, you know, J.K. Dobbins and um, they got rid of Mark Ingram and they had – they had another one out there. They had Gus Edwards. Um, he tore his, uh, I want to say, ACL as well. So then, you know, now you're stuck with no running backs. And, of course, you could just run Lamar into the ground. But, you know, the way that they were able to just adapt and the best way that they adapted was, you know, make him throw. And Lamar's been proving all the haters wrong. He's been proving all the doubters wrong because he's a pretty damn good quarterback when he has to be. And, you know, again, he's not playing with guys like Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs. He's playing with Marquise Brown, who, you know, isn't in that stratosphere of wide receivers, but he is, um, you know, he's doing everything he needs to be right now in order to be Lamar's primary weapon. So the Ravens are winning right now because Lamar has been able to pass. And that's really good because, you know, people were writing the Ravens off because of all these injuries. And now, just because Lamar has continued to transform into an elite quarterback, the Ravens are purely in contention because of it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of can't disagree with you. I think the most impressive thing is he's top 10 in passing yards and rushing yards. I think that says it all. That's you know? incredible, yeah. Incredible, bro. That's out of this world. Not many people could do that, even if they wanted to. Yeah. And I think that's just what it comes down to. And let's just stop right here because we – I know what your number two is. Your number two is Josh Allen. The mm. interesting part here is what, because we each had five quarterbacks. We didn't have the same five. And the ones that we both excluded are off the top five completely in our list. But I have one of them as the top two. You have the other one as the top one. You have the top one that I completely excluded from this list. And right. I knew it, too. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to do it. I knew, you know, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I won't spoil who my pick is, but, you know, at the end of the day, my logic was if I'm playing a football game tomorrow, I'm the GM, right? And they're like, all these quarterbacks are available, you know, oh, at that yeah, at that day. At the I'm, end of the day, you pick this guy. You pick the guy that you left off. The most experienced one. Yes. Grizzled. No, you, don't, you do not pick him. You pick you pick the, the, the baby goat, not the, the, um, the overgrown Yoda. This is why Gab should have been here for this one because, um, okay, let's just say it. Like, my quarterback that I put in the top five that G left off his top five is Tom Brady. The way that he's been able to put up a season like this is phenomenal as it stands. Like, hey, stop, what is he, stop, what, stop, 44 stop. years old? Who gives a fuck, bro? He's he's not getting hit. He has one of the best of lines. He has three viable running backs. He has four Three viable, viable running backs? What are you yes. talking about? It's more like one. Leonard, it's more like Leonard one. Leonard Fournette. It's only Leonard Fournette. The husk of Ronald Jones and old-ass Giovanni Bernard. Okay, 
you you call him old does not make him less useful. Okay, and Ronald Jones is a great running back. They use he is a great running here. back, but they, Bruce Arians but they, shell-shocked him into a fumbling mess. That's that's not that's not my point. My point is that they have talent. They have Antonio Brown, who in his prime, and I think he's not that far out of his prime right now. If you watch him play, and when he's out there, he's a top ten receiver. He's still Antonio Brown. Okay, Mike Evans, he's had straight thousand yard seasons since he came in the league. Nothing else. What else do you want? And then you got Chris Godwin. Bro, that man is 1,400 yards two years ago. What are you talking about here? This is, this is insane. Yes, Cody Miller Brown is not even playing. 33 they, years old. He's old and he's on crutches right now. As no, he's, it doesn't matter. Chris Godwin has 1,400 yards. They're blowing teams ago. out. He's, he's, ago, right? he's padding his stats, bro. He's literally doing, he literally goes out there and they're up by like, 35 against three or something and goes out there. He leads a whole drive, passes seven times, throws a touchdown to Mike Evans. Like, there's no exactly. reason to be doing 600. That. And he got a 600 touchdown from that, right? Okay, that's the a great, way that bro. he's been playing okay. right now has been phenomenal. Because it doesn't matter how many, how much talent he has right now. Yes, it does. Bro, put Patrick Mahomes <laughs> on that team. They're getting 660 points a game, bro. And that's exactly the issue right here because I left Patrick Mahomes completely off my list. Yeah, he is not tripping. playing like a top five quarterback. You're right tripping, bro. He, has he been playing like a top five quarterback? It doesn't matter. He's Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about right now. That's the thing. He and right now, is, it looks like he's regressed. Him. He looks like he's regressed. Okay. He's still better than every other quarterback in the league. That's a fact. The thing is... No, the thing is... <laughs> thing is that four out of the five quarterbacks on my list right now has uh-huh. beaten Patrick Mahomes right now. They've That's right. They've outplayed him. And four out of your five quarterbacks on your list haven't fucking made a Super Bowl. So what? <laughs> or let alone win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Like, when it comes down to it, you know, he might be doing all this dumb shit and not be making the passes right now. Bro, it happens. What do you want to never fucking have some bad games in his career? Like, it's going to happen. You can't just, like, not say he's the best because of four bad games and two of them weren't even that bad games on. Like, you know, like, he's he's doing what he can with, you know, the, the, the shit he's giving. Like, no, 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 no. But if you want to talk about talent, let's talk about talent. Tyreek Hill, fucking Olympian speedster. No Do you one has been able to him? cover him. Tyreek Hill has been dropping bad passes and going through that man's hands into picks multiple times, multiple interceptions. If we're going to use the moment. argument that, you know, everyone has bad games, Tyreek Hill has had bad games then. Okay, so but you're not so, you're just, But you're still you're, giving him his talent. To, like, and speaking of talent, right? He has Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Has Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Look, <clears throat> Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the right now because Kittle is hurt. But he has one of the like, worst O-lines and no running back. What do you want um, them to do? They just upgraded their O line. But they, it's not. It doesn't matter how much money and how much drafting. It's about what the fuck happens when they go out there and block, and they can't block for their lives. That man is Patrick, dying out there. But the issue with Patrick Mahomes in pass protection is because Patrick. It's a Patrick Mahomes deficiency. That man backs up in the pocket like it's his life to take ten steps back in the pocket, and they can't hold contain. That offensive tackles cannot hold contain when he's backing up that far because you don't even have to block at that point. You don't even have to run yourself into an offensive lineman because you all you have to do as a pass rusher is run straight. Right. You don't even have to run in you know front what? of the guy I, I because Patrick 100... Mahomes is backing up that far, and that's why he takes okay. twenty yard sacks right now. Uh huh. 
Right. That makes a hundred percent. You're right. Right. But the thing is you weren't making this, you weren't saying this shit last year or the year before that, you know, you were just saying he's the best. That's the crazy part. You can't just not, you know, when he's doing the best and he's doing everything right, you can't just be like, yeah, you're the best, you know? And then when you have a couple bad games, they'd be like, no, no, no. You gotta only be taking three step dropbacks. Like, bro, if he's passing, no. if he wants to, if he's, what he does is take 10 steps drop, 10 yards back. Like, it's not like these old linemen didn't know that when they were going there, he's gonna be doing that. It's not like Andy Reid probably didn't tell him the first game or the first practice that when they're going to get into pass protection, expect him to go 10 yards back. This is not something that's new. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is that's what, not this an is issue about the offensive linemen because they can't do anything about that. It's yes, it is. They slow. Why can't Orlando, he do something? Why Orlando can't he Brown, not do Orlando that? Brown moves like a goddamn snail at left tackle. He's literally what they Bud Dupree just walks around him last week. If you watch the game, they lined up Bud Dupree on him, and he was just because Patrick Mahomes would go deep, like you said, and he would just run right around him untouched because Orlando Brown moves his feet at the fucking pace of a snail. That's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. He needs he did that's the way the offense is built is for him to take those type of steps back and look for those deep passes. If you have no time, you can't complete a deep pass. I do agree with you in that end because the offense is built around Patrick Mahomes having to do that because they basically had Tyreek Hill sprint all the way down the field and then Patrick Mahomes has to wait that long in order for him to get open. But that's not an offensive line issue. That's an issue with the offense itself. Because no, it's not. It was yeah, working it for two years. What do you mean? So it's just auditing for one day when it's just one day Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can't get open anymore. Is it they don't have time to get no, open? Been Every- open. They've been open. It's because Pat they know Patrick Mahomes' tendencies. They don't try to rush inside anymore because they know Patrick Mahomes is gonna back out all the way back there. Okay. They just go off the edges. So they don't right. have to go inside. Okay, yeah, they don't need to, but their O-linemen aren't supposed to be that fucking slow either. Mitchell Schwartz, two, three years ago, when he was playing, and he, I mean, I understand he's on the other side of the tackle, but he was doing a perfectly fine job. Obviously, you know, he's older now, and he's moved on, and he, whatever, right? Yeah, but when he was there, it was working. Everything was fine. It's just that now the O-line has digressed so much, and the defense is due to, if you watch a Titans game, Literally, they came out seven points on the board. Okay, so now Patrick Mahomes comes out. You go three and out. You give him the ball back. They get another touchdown. You're down 14-0 to start the game. What can you even do? What what other choice do you have? You have to you're going to pay patient when your team just gave up 14 points in the first quarter and you haven't even got the ball like your second time yet. Like, come on, dude. There's not much. Like he has wiggle room here. You know, before his defense was sort of good, and you know, got the job done. And you know, you could work with it. Now you can't even work with it. It's horrible. And the whole line not doing shit either. Like, like I don't know, man. I think it's just crazy to say. Like, right now, like we know what he is. It's not like this is four the four games into his rookie season or something. You know, he's already went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP, regular season MVP. This is not like some other guy where you can just you know. Is he really that good? Is he really not that good? He's that good. The thing is that if you are so reliant on these kinds of talents right here, right, and they've all regressed, how can you just say that his performance isn't that the only thing that's the same, right? Because it has not looked the same right now. It doesn't matter what time the talent was out there. Yeah. It does not look the same. I'm not I mean, saying that all of it is his fault because the past, some of the interceptions have been pretty wonky. They've been pretty. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, you know, this Someone's man has really had bad. the luckiest interception rate 
in the NFL for the past couple of years. And now it's all coming to fruition, right? That's the mm-hmm. thing. He's had these tendencies for a while. The offense is built around his strengths, but his weaknesses are also why the offense cannot adapt because he does not like to play it like a game manager. He doesn't like to play it like Alex. He doesn't like to play it like Brady. He wants to go deep. He wants to chuck these 80-yard passes off his back foot or whatever, or these no-look passes. And because they he can know that. do it. Yeah, we know he can do it. And that's why defenses can key in on him. If you have something where – if you have a strength where – and you cannot adapt from that strength or away from that strength, that's why defense is going to exploit you eventually. That's not Patrick Mahomes. Because that's what they Patrick, change. Okay, but Patrick Holmes is not going out there trying to figure out how to adapt the offense. That's Andy Reid. You know what I'm saying? Everything you're saying is not really on Patrick Mahomes, bro. Time and time to throw the deep passes that Andy Reid. It's like this is Andy Reid's offense. You know, he's the one calling the plays and he's the one, you know, creating all this fucking crazy shit, right? This is why we loved Andy Reid because he was making these crazy plays, right? Where he'd like have Tyree Kill do a triple move and get open, right? not working anymore right because there's no online it's not Patrick Mahomes job go in there and you know come up with a short passing game that's Andy Reid's job but there are open right there are short open routes that we've seen on tape and you know Patrick Mahomes I think there was one against fucking LA or some shit where he decided to go with some no look bullshit to some wide receiver and it fell off his hands for an interception that's not that's not his yeah that's a receiver yeah why would you no why would you go no look pass on him and it hit his helmet or some shit right that's the receiver's fault if there's a guy wide open on the short route and he decided to go with some receiver's hands what else do you want your receiver for you're a receiver the ball hits your hands you have to catch it that's the simple as that bro I just think I just think Mahomes is making the hero play way too often he needs to be able to check it down a little bit more and there are yeah. options. There's no way Andy Reid is sending all of his guys out on these out routes. Like there is ten, there are some check down options. There's a running back out in the flat. There's Travis Kelsey out in the middle of the field. I just don't understand why Mahomes always has to go aggressive. I don't think that makes him, you know, a bust. I don't see this progressing for right now. Like maybe at the end of the season he's going to be a top five quarterback. But that right now he is not playing like one. And I do not want to put him under over any of these guys on my list right now. Yeah, but I guess we just look at it for differently in two different angles. You know, you have Kyler yeah. Murray one, so you're based definitely basing it off this year. You know, so exactly, it's understandable. Yeah, I just base it off the seven games right now, but we'll see. We'll check it back in at the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's a, a good discussion there. Healthy discussion about quarterbacks. <laughs> you know who's out on here? Sam Donald. Okay, all right. That's that's where we're in stuff. So. All right, let's move on to our starts and sits for this week. Um, we'll try to be a little quicker with it. You know, it's just me and Matt and yep, yep. Dylan. You can chime in whenever you got. You know, Dylan's a great fantasy owner, obviously, but never tells anybody what he's doing. I keep my secrets. First, you know, me and hey, Matt hey, is not Dylan. first place. It's Dylan that's first place. Dylan, who's your favorite quarterback? Who who would you put on the uh, like number one right now on your list? If I were to put number one right now, yeah. Um, so that's a really right now. Oh, you heard our arguments for almost 10 different guys because based on recent play, I have to disagree with G. I'm not putting Mahomes, not putting, I wouldn't put Mahomes number one right now because previous seasons we've seen him how he plays, he and he plays really well. It's just this season, he's been out of whack. I'm going to be straight up honest Mm -hmm. and. Like, even, like, looking at fantasy and all that, like, he's been throwing a lot of interceptions, too. He's been giving up the ball a lot. 
So that's why I kind of want to say Mahomes is not number one. So I know this doesn't answer the question right now, but I think um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little gaff homer. I'm going to say Tom Brady right now. The reason why he's still producing at a high high level right now, and he, how old, he's he's old oh, as hell, God. and he's still and he's still performing, and oh, the Bucks man. are still and the Bucks are still doing well, and also he gave three touchdown passes to Mike Evans last week, not a, and not a fan of that, and I was a pretty I was a pretty huge fan of that, and yeah. I didn't, but he scored t- four TDs and no interceptions compared to like right now how Mahomes. I hope he Mahomes. Um, Gets out of the funk, gets out of his little slump because uh, we I personally don't hope so because I don't really. Let's get someone new in there. Mahomes' reign is done. I don't need to hear from him anymore. I, I, I Jackson either, you know. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. <laughs> I hope I, I personally do hope Mahomes comes back because he's on my team and I need him to, to give me some points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, good luck with that. Well, uh, let's get started on these quarterback starts right now. You want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, yeah, first I'm gonna go. You know, I, my one of my guys, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know why, but my thing I wrote down against Jacksonville. I mean, he's not playing Jacksonville. <laughs> he's on Jacksonville. <laughs> was, maybe I he saw, is. Maybe he's playing against them too. He's playing against Seattle. Obviously, anybody against Seattle, you just start him, bro. Yeah. Seattle's at a very weak place right now. Especially with Russell Wilson out. Whoever put them on prime time last week, man, I don't know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, there's not much. I'm not going to go into it too much. I think we all know why. You know, Seattle's terrible. Jacksonville just got his first win coming off a of bye. It's got all the momentum it needs. And I think, um, I don't know if this is really an upset, but I think Jacksonville's going to win. I mean, I was gonna about to have Trevor Lawrence as my pick uh, as well, but I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins against the Dallas Cowboys Monday night. I mean, Sunday night football. Uh, we've heard the issues with Kirk Cousins in prime time, but I don't think that's an issue anymore. And against a Cowboys defense and coming off of bye, Dallas allows, I believe, the fifth most passing yards per game. So. It seems like a smash start because he has Thelian, Jefferson, and KJ Osborne. He has Dalvin Cook back and fully healthy. And when we've seen that Cook is healthy, that offense just blasts off. Even though Trevon Diggs takes every an, an interception a week, doesn't really mean that the Dallas Cowboys defense is actually that good. That secondary is horrendous. And I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have himself a day in the shootout against We'll get a lot of yards. Yeah. I mean, because I feel like, you know, both defenses are not that good, so I feel like each team is going to be able to score a lot. A healthy amount of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% there with you. I think the Cowboys probably get up early. I mean, they've been looking like a great team so far this year. So if that happens, you know, you know, Kirk is not shy from throwing the ball 40 times at any time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two good picks there. All right, let's go with our running backs. Uh, I'll go first. I'll go with Gav's boy, Damian Harris versus the L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers also coming off a bye, and again, their defense is horrendous against the run. New England is a run-first team, and they let Mac Jones be the game manager here. And I think that Damian Harris was able to inspire a lot of his uh, fantasy football owners with his performance against the Jets last week. He's not dead in the water. 
And I think that New the only order for New England to keep in pace with the San uh, LA Chargers offense, they they have to be able to run the ball. They have to shorten the clock, make sure Justin Herbert stays off the field, and I think that they'll be able to do that against a very poor Los Angeles run defense. That's funny because the guy I have for my start this week, I have I started him over Damian Harris in one of my leagues. So I picked Kenneth Gainwell against Detroit. Um, you know, Miles Sanders is hurt. I don't think they released the severity of the injury yet. I think it's like an ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken. But it's not too bad. I don't think it was like a season-ending injury. It might be he might be placed on the IR soon, so maybe a few weeks. So Gainwell is definitely like a go pick him up now. And you know, against Detroit, great matchup. And if you don't know who Gainwell is, he was their pass catching running back beforehand. So he's already getting the passing word, you know. So now he's going to be getting the running, a little bit of the running load. And, you know, obviously Boston Scott's there, not the biggest, like, worry. But I think that, you know, if he gets a bunch of catches and, you know, he gets, like, maybe like a touchdown or so, I think he'll be in for a good week. And, yeah, might as well, you know, if he's catching and he's going to be getting the running back, this type of running back you got to hop on for, you know, someone they pick another running back up or something like that happens and, you know, because value will just, you know, instantly go as instantly quick it came. Yep. Um, There's a good waiver wire pickup, I think, this week. And I think you could Mm -hmm. spot start him because I believe the Ravens are out on bye as well as the Raiders. So if you're looking for a running back, go gain well. Yeah. I mean, my next two guys are also in the same situation. If you're just looking for a couple guys that, you know, need – and you're going to get a target, a good target share in receiver position, and, you know, you got a guys on by, you can go look at Rondo, Randall Cobb and then uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, uh, MVS. So, if um, you know, if the thing right now is how everybody, why I said both of them, they're going to be playing Thursday. So, right when you hear this, go check if they're there. If you need them, pick them up right, around, right now, right now, you know. They're not going to be no point picking them after their game. So, Scaling plays, he should be your first priority. He's right now he's injured, and I think he's supposed to return this week, if I'm not mistaken. But it's still questionable. Obviously, the game's on Thursday, so it's a short amount of rest. We might not play just to be safe. Um, so Devontae's already out, and Lazard's already out. And if Scantling goes out, then Randall Cobb is a must start. Not even just play, not even just pick up, must start. He's the only receiver there. But if Cobb is and Scantling are there. I would not pick up Cobb and I'd pick Scantling because then he'll be the number one. He already had, you know, obviously Cobb had the history with him, like with Aaron Rodgers years ago, but Scantling has played with, you know, Aaron Rodgers more recently. So he's already higher on the depth chart, if that makes sense. So, you know, just play it by ear. And you know, right now there's not any information, but tomorrow, you know, you, when you're hearing this, you see it, check it out. And, you know, Cobb's the only one going. It must start if they're going to get down early to the Cardinals because they've been blowing teams out and the Packers defense sucks. No Jair, Alexander again. So they might get down early and I'm just going to throw it to someone. So that's that's all I got to say. Yeah, I think MVS is on IR right now and they or PUP or something like that and they're trying to activate him. Um, right. But yeah, if he's not ready to go, then it's Randall Cobb time. In 2011. Yeah, yeah. They did. Aaron Rodgers literally held out until they got Randall Cobb back. So if you don't think this guy loves this guy, 
Yeah, he's going to get him Duchess regardless. If you're really desperate and both of them are playing, you can still start Cobb. It's not going to be terrible. But exactly. I think, you know, he's not going to – someone's got to catch a ball. And Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a good pass, not like, you know, some shit quarterback. I'm not sure who you're referring to there, but um, <laughs> let's move on. Why wide receiver start of the week is T. Higgins versus the New York Jets. Now, what you're thinking, that's not Jamar Chase. That's T. Higgins, the second wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think everyone's forgetting about how good this guy was back in his rookie year just because Jamar Chase has been overshadowing him right now. I, he might have had as many yards in the last game alone that T. Higgins has had this entire season. But I think that Higgins is primed for a breakout, at least against the Jets. The Jets are a bottom five passing defense right now. And... You know, that means that there's opportunities to go around, right? All of the uh, passing options for the Cincinnati Bengals. But at the same time, I think that Robert Sala is, you know, not the best coach, but he isn't dumb. He isn't going to just say, oh, let's just let Jamar Chase burn us again for an 80-yard touchdown. I think they're going to key in a lot more on what he is doing, Jamar Chase, and they're going to try to take him away. And that's not a problem for Burrow because he's going to be able to go to T. Higgins all the time. I think T. Higgins has always been kind of that safe floor kind of wide receiver. He's going to get a lot of receptions, and we always thought Jamar Chase was going to be the big play option. Jamar Chase has, you know, started to grow into just a complete wide receiver one at this point. And I don't think that T. Higgins is going away anytime soon. Last uh, game, even though Jamar Chase had that huge game, T. Higgins still got seven receptions for 62 yards. And I think that, you know, if he continues to see that target share from Joe Burrow, he's going to have a big day against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I agree with you, but, you know, you let people are forgetting about T. Higgins. I think the only person who forgot about T. Higgins is Joe Burrow. <laughs> but, you know, it's probably because he's a Clemson guy. Oh, man. I hate this LSU connection. Can we just break it up? <laughs> no more LSU. Yeah. Burrow and Chase were eating breakfast together. Oh, at LSU. He broke his leg for him, bro. <laughs> He broke his leg for him. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember when they drafted Jamar Chase. Everyone was like, Joe Burrow's going to sacrifice his other leg. Pretty sure we said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was uh, you? Like an episode. I'm pretty sure we said that. <laughs> I remember seeing it on Instagram. Oh, man. Yep. I chalked that up to one of the bad takes of Sports Council. There's so few of them. Yeah, I can't remember any others. All right. Tight ends. So... My side of the week is old, reliable guy. He's coming off uh, basically being mutilated against the Rams. And he's finally back. It's Rob Gronkowski versus the New Orleans Saints. But the thing is that, you know, Tom Brady has done great when Gronk has uh, been gone. But he has missed that reliable connection, I think. And when you think of end zone touchdowns, you're going to think of Gronk. And that's where Tom Brady is going to. When Gronk was playing in the first three games of the season, he was the tight end number one. And it took him a couple uh, couple of games out to just, I think, go to what? Tight end like five or four? That's how dominant he was already to start the season off. When, I think the Saints, you know, I'm going to go into it later, but I think Mike Evans is going to be a sit of the week here. And when they're going to take away Mike Evans, that leaves only another one other person in the red zone that they can go to. Not Leonard Fournette. It's not going to be Chris Godwin, although he's good. Antonio Brown's still on crutches. He's out. 
he's going to go to the recently returning Gronk. He's going to restart that connection right up again. And I think he's going to mm-hmm. have a big day against New Orleans. I think it helps that Antonio Brown's out too, you know. So Marshawn Lattimore's definitely keying in on Mike Evans' uh, best friend. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get into yeah. Mike Evans being sat down later. Yeah, and if you're bored, after you watch, listen to this, go watch some Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore highlights. Always fun to watch. They fucking hate each other. <laughs> and um, I guess I'll go with my tight end next. Uh, Matt, you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation. Is it Uzma? It's Uzoma. Uzoma against the Jets. Um, you know, we probably should have started him last week, but it's the Jets. So why didn't I start him again? He'll probably get a touchdown. He's been pretty touchdown uh, heavy, but also getting a lot of yards, which is kind of surprising. You know, I'm trying to make himself out of the tight end graveyard, everybody's favorite place. So, you know, hey, you need a tight end. He's a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, I think Burrow, there's a couple of key designed rollouts for him. And I think Uzoma mm-hmm. catches some of those, especially against the Jets. He's definitely like, you know, not competing with any of the receivers for their targets. But he has, like, his own, like, kind of designated targets, if that makes sense. Like, it's very small, but he's going to get, like, you know, his, which kind of makes him a little safe in that sense, too. Yeah, I mean, he's got those, like, it's those bootlegs, I think, those bootleg rollouts. Like, McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur, they all do that. Zach Taylor does that, too. And, uh, yeah, he's almost Mm -hmm. the target for those. Yeah, it definitely works, so why not? Yeah. All right, let's go to our sits of the week. My sit of the week is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, the current MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I think, you know, this is all the evidence shows that this is not going to be a great game for Rodgers, which means he's probably going to burn me. I haven't been very good with my quarterbacks uh, calls so far, but I'm going to go against the MVP this week, purely because when you're missing Devontae Adams, that's a huge uh, downgrade. And you're up against a really tough Arizona Cardinals. Uh, secondary and defense. I know they're just, they just lost J.J. Watt, but they're returning Chandler Jones, finally. You know, and Alan Lazard is also gone due to COVID protocols, and I think that you know, Aaron Rodgers might be lying on his back for a lot of this because that Cardinals secondary and pass rush is just no joke. And when you're trying to find wide receivers who can't get open, we've seen how that plays out. When Rodgers doesn't have the talent around him, he gets frustrated, and he tries to make too much out of it. And he doesn't trust his wide receivers out there. So I feel like with Aaron Rodgers, he might try to hyper-target Cobb, and they're going to key in on that. And then he's going to try to, you know, make a few plays, and they're just going to go nowhere. And the lack of weapons is just makes him a complete downgrade. I'd start a couple of our – I'd start both Trevor Lawrence and Kirk Cousins right now over Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's another bold take there. And I mean, I completely, completely, honestly disagree with you. And, you know, I kind of want to just say, you know, kind of take your point and my point earlier, that Aaron Rodgers can still be a sit and Randall Cobb and MVS can still be a start, you know. It's just the volume can be there for a receiver, but the matchup with a quarterback can be ugly. So you kind of really got to look at it, you know. You don't need to always, you know, start everybody in one matchup, you know. If you only like a certain player's matchup, you know, you should only be starting that certain player. And this is kind of just shows that. Um, you know, I just wanted to say that before I pick my quarterback. Um, my quarterback this week is Matt Ryan against the Car- or Carolina Panthers. And you might say to yourself, like, Matt Ryan's finally playing good again, you know. But that's exactly when Matt Ryan takes the biggest fantasy shits, yep. in my opinion. Is <laughs> when you finally think, okay, 
I can start Matt Ryan. Had a couple more, couple good weeks. This is when the Falcons do what Falcons have always been good for, just sucking. So I think you know Carolina is a good you know division rival defense. So you're gonna expect a low scoring, trashy you know physical game. You know not very high scoring. Even though you might think it might be, it's just not very pretty looking offenses right now. And you know not the not the greatest matchup for Matt Ryan. So I think he's a start or he's a sit for me this week. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to trust Matt Ryan in general as a week to week option. Carolina is a tough defense, and you know their their defense is legit. And Atlanta's offensive line is terrible. They're, he's gonna be again. He's also gonna be on his back all day long. Yeah, it's just it's just there's better matchups I think, and there's you know quarterbacks usually the easiest spot to find them. So you know. I'm just kind of trying to knock one off board for you. If you're looking for one, don't look for Matt Ryan. And uh, I'll take me to my running back for the sit for this week. Uh, he's not much of a sit. He's more of a, I would think, of a trade-away target. So I just kind of threw him in here as my sit. Um, I think Khalil Herbert against the Niners. Uh, there's just a couple of things that go into this. Uh, first, you know, he had a great game against the Buccaneers, which is kind of crazy. I think he's the first 100-yard rusher against the Bucs this year. So that's, a, you know, a big thing. I think they were, like, number one in rush yards allowed. And he still had a great game, which is, you know, pretty surprising, given that it's the Bears. You know, yeah. usually not much good things are happening there. So I think two good back-to-back weeks. And, you know, David Montgomery's, you know, return eminent, you know, so – Two things are not looking good there for him. You know, like, he's only been doing this for a short amount of time, and the starter's coming back. You know, he definitely beat off Damian Williams, so that's a cut for me. You can just straight up cut Damian Williams if you have him because Herbert's the number two right now once Montgomery comes back, in my opinion. So, you know, you really want to, like, try to move off, sell high, and, you know, maybe get a receiver or another running back at the same level of his value right now, but if someone that will maintain that value throughout the year. So maybe like a Chase Edmonds or something, I'd be interested in going to get. Yeah. Um, Khalil Herbert, he was my set of the week against Tampa Bay. A really impressive performance against the number one Russian defense. So, but I do agree. I think Herbert is up against the Niners team who just allowed their first 100-yard uh, rusher, I believe, in Jonathan Taylor. But they're usually a formidable run defense at the very least. So I'd look to get rid of him. So my sit of the week, I always have a guy in one of these sit of the weeks where he's not only a sit, but he's almost a perma bench at the point where I put him as a sit of the week. You know, I had Allen Robinson on this before. I had Robert Tanyan. And then most recently I had Tyler Lockett, all of which have become completely, you know, non-viable as fantasy options. So Call me the Grim Reaper here because these guys are basically going to the graveyard at this point. And this is my pick for the next guy who might be on your bench permanently. It's Antonio Gibson versus the Denver Broncos. Gibson has just not looked right um, as the season has gone on. I don't even know if he's had like a fantasy, like a great fantasy performance yet because I think the only one he had was against the Bills. And he had like that 85 yard, uh, like passing touchdown, like a receiving touchdown. Mm-hmm. But he had a week, I think, where he had two touchdowns, like no yards. Yes, and that was sort of fantasy relevant. 
uh, the Saints, he had 60 yards, two touchdowns. And that was pretty good. But he has just, like, it has been incredibly disappointing to see what um, Gibson has been able to produce to expectations because we were expecting, you know, everyone was hyping him up as the next Christian McCaffrey. He's a second-year running back who's going to take the next leap. Ron Rivera is his head coach. Who is Ron Rivera the head coach of? Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, he's starting to look more like Kenyon Drake than Christian McCaffrey at this point. And it's not all his fault. He has a stress fracture, I believe, in his shin that is hurting him. And they say it's all about pain management at this point. But when you have to go through that kind of pain and you're struggling to suit up and then a bunch of 300-pound men are going to hit you everywhere, you know, I, it's, you know, it's no you surprise. Can't, you can't, you can't run the ball. You yeah. can't run the ball when you're thinking about your injury. You exactly. can't be, like, clear-minded in that sense. You can't be like, I can't make this cut. My shin hurts. I can't push this guy off. My shin hurts. You know, and if you, if you own Antonio Gibson – and, you know, every single week you get notifications from him going to healthy, to questionable, to doubtful, back to questionable, to healthy and playing every single week because of the shin injury. He nurses it through the week, tries to play, gives the best performance he can, can't take a full workload, and, you know, not really fantasy relevant. So like Matt said, until he proves he can, you know, is he completely off the shin injury or that he's, you know, going to find a way to play around it and be fantasy relevant it's a bench yeah and the coaches know they, they're giving mckissick more snaps they're giving jared patterson snaps and now you're going up against a denver defense that's tough against the run usually dearness johnson burned them but you know i don't see this as being a very good game for gibson and um i would consider leaving him on your bench for a while at this point yeah i mean understandable I agree with you. And then, you know, you kind of talked about your sit for receiver earlier. You want to go into the rest of why you're sitting in this week? Oh, yeah. So, you know, this is Dylan's guy. He got – he loved that he got three touchdowns last week. He is my guy. Yeah, I just he don't is my see guy. it this time. It's Mike Evans versus the New Orleans Saints. Again, um, like G said – You know, burn that secondary. You know, burn that – what's his name? Lattimore? Oh, yeah, but he's not going to burn Marcus Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Because Marshawn Lattimore is Mike Evans' biological father at this point because he just continues to destroy Mike Evans in every single matchup that they faced off against each other. Um, you know, <laughs> it's not very often where you see thousands of photos on Twitter where you see Marshawn Lattimore. It's a photoshopped image of Marshawn Lattimore. And uh, Mike Evans is his child in the picture. But, you know, I think we're going to see it a lot next week. New Orleans is a good defense. They are a good defense, and that's really the thing that's keeping them in these games, and that's why they have the record that they do. It's not Jameis Winston. It's not that offense right now. Mars literally carrying that offense, and they still get 13 points in, uh, in a game. It's really just their defense at this point. And I know Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans oscillates between my start and my sit week every week. And I think that this is a sit week for him just because he had three touchdowns also last week. They're going to key in on him. They got Marshawn Lattimore on him. But at the same time, if you have Gronk back, I think Brady's going to be looking for Gronk in the end zone, which means Evans is not going to be looked at as much. So I think that, you know, when you're playing a division rival like New Orleans and they know a guy like Mike Evans, who's been there for at least seven years now, they know how to defend him. And I think Tom Brady, again, 
the weapons Tom Brady has, he has a lot of options. I think he goes to Gronk over Mike Evans. I think they're going to run it in with Fournette over Mike Evans. Like, I just don't see him having a very good game again. And then we're going to see all those photos again. It's going to happen. I mean, let alone that, you know, you could also just see him get in a fight and just getting kicked out, you know. Like, plain <laughs> simple as that. You know, they could – I think there was a time – That would happen were, last time? Yeah, they were punching each other and doing all this crazy stuff, right? Um, it could happen again, you know. Marshawn Lattimore is a fucking hothead to the I, definition. I just right, yeah, was going to drop him to next century. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to drop I'm, him to next century on I'm Sunday. Pull up, I'm going to pull up a stat here. In 13 games versus the Saints, Mike Evans averages 51 yards per game. Every other opponent, he averages 81 yards a game. That's just, that's just how it is. And Marshawn Lattimore has not even been in every single one of those games. Against Marshawn Lattimore, he's had 20 targets, nine receptions, one touchdown. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, great point you brought up there. And, you know, and I, I love that, that you brought up the point about division rivals. That's kind of the premise that I'm throwing off my picks for receiver. And, you know, this week I don't have one receiver. I have a bunch of receivers. I have a whole receiving core, actually. You know, um, this might be the hater inside of me, but oh, that's I what think I was the, thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning all the receivers for the Browns, and my problem right now is that I don't think they know what they got going on in the receiving core, because Odell is their most talented receiver by far. No one's doubting that. He can't stay healthy. They can't get him the ball. Plain and simple. So Jarvis is next, and he can't stay healthy either. He's getting injured a lot and he's mostly just abundance of targets so you know there's that and then there's Donovan Peoples Jones who's like their number three I guess right and he's not really going to get enough volume in this run heavy offense and I really think that if the Browns we just got are trying to start Baker who has a torn shoulder like muscle in his non-throwing shoulder and they want to start him right away they don't want to start with Keenum again we did the, the exact same thing Baker usually does, you know. So I don't know. They want to start, you know, Baker. He's gonna have a messed up shoulder. They're not gonna risk anything happening to him against our you know, our pass rush in Pittsburgh. So what's the best way? Just to keep running the ball. Keep running the ball. Don't even give him an attempt to throw because you know if he throws, someone's gonna hit him eventually with our pass rush. But you need like ten throws. I'd say within ten throws, he's gonna get hit once. So they're going to try to limit that amount of throws even more than usual, in my opinion. And Chubb's coming back this week. You've seen what Darnish Johnson did. I wonder who told you to start him. But, you know, there's a lot going into this game. You know, Baker's not healthy. He's not going to be the rest of the season. He wants to play it out. It's going to come back, I think. And you heard him, you know, I just you can't play – Quarter. You can't play in the NFL with the torn shoulder, especially when you have like blindside rushers and stuff. Who, you know, obviously they're not trying to hurt you purposely, but they're going to hit you and they're going to hit you, you know, up in your shoulder area. So you're going to be afraid to either play in a punch of pain or you're going to have to, you know, not play or something, you know, not throw the ball so you don't get hit. So on that premise, I'm just not starting any of the Browns receivers. And they also just all suck and suck. I hate the Browns. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think we got a little bit of homer there at the end. Well, uh, now we know <laughs> with, since he's injured, you can focus on giving those nachos to those kids for Halloween on Sunday. Is that the new commercial? Is that I think so. It's, oh, yeah, it's been going on. The nachos? 
Yeah, he's been going around with the nacho with the chips and the and the nacho cheese, just giving giving all of them to the kids. I haven't so, been following the storyline uh, very much. It's a commercial. I, I hate Baker. <laughs> oh, you man. should stick with baking. You should stick to fucking playing football. You want this goddamn contract? Yeah. But that's, okay. that's we can have a whole different episode of Baker. Um, I'll move on to my tight end. You know, save for the week. You know, uh, Zach Ertz. I think I had him last week, or I think you know he's very on and off. I think Matt was right. I think he said that you know Zach Ertz was going to get a touchdown because they brought him in and all this other jazz. And look what happened. He got a fucking touchdown, like a fifty-yard touchdown to to nothing, nothing less. So I think this week, I think you know, especially against the Packers, who are injured up. You know, I think he's going to target the receivers a lot. They're going to have, you know, Kevin King is going to be out there. And you know what that means, bro. It's going to be a feast. If you got DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to be in for a great day tomorrow because it might get ugly. Kevin King is a feast. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, I do agree with you on that. And I'm going to go for a guy. This is my shakiest sit of the week right here. It's Mike Kosicki versus Buffalo. I told you to sit him before. And again, Dylan's gonna not like me. Oh, I have also, a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Well, obviously, you have three players that you suggest to sit. What will you do? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Dylan. I'd pivot to other options. I think in terms of confidence level, I'd say I'd say Antonio Gibson, I'd bench first, then Evans, then Gesicki. I I think that there's a better possibility that Gesicki has a good day just because Buffalo is gonna blow out Miami. And they're going to have to pass with Gesicki. But at the same time, the Buffalo defense is one of the best in the league. And Gesicki is, uh, he's been surprising so far. I must admit that. And I sat him before and he, I think he blew up. So, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen once Tua comes back. He had a pretty good game in uh, Tua's last two games. But I just don't think that he's going to, like Buffalo is going to forget about him at all. And I think that they know that he's one of the primary options out there. And I think they're going to try to shut him down. I think two in general is going to be try to, like, they're going to try to shut him down. And it's going to get ugly. Usually yeah. the Bills offense game do get pretty ugly. So and they get mad. Like, they lost to Tennessee. They had a whole bye week to sue over it. Now they get to face the Dolphins, who they shut out last time. I was going to say, it might be another shutout. Yeah. I'm okay with that, though. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. and by the way, congratulations to all of us because we did not have TJ Hawkinson on the sit of the week for the first time in uh, the inception of this, basically. So good job mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson really uh, proven his worth. Yeah, you can rest easy now, TJ. Good job. Okay now. Leave, the, leave Detroit. <laughs> Please yeah, leave Detroit. Help. Leave Detroit. Detroit. He ruined. He is ruining them. God damn. But this is what you they th- want, though. Yeah. You deserve better, TJ Hawkinson. You think that they're going to go 0 17? Uh, probably not, dude. They play hard, man. Matt Lather, Dan Campbell, he'll probably fucking bench Jared Tillett before he goes 0 17. I think they could win last night. They, he'll cry in the press conference. They, they I would say hard. bench Jared Goff, but I literally have no idea who his backup is right now. God knows in Detroit. Gab. Gab is over there right now. That's why he's not here today. You know, you know, you know, that's actually a pretty terrifying situation to think about. 
You want to know what else is terrifying? Yeah, see what I did there, Matt? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, great segue. Gonna, great segue. Yeah, yeah, I'm an A class. You know, ESPN should just hire me now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to have our fantasy terror. So we're going to talk about one player that we're scared to play who always, just always just goes off against you. You know, you always just see him, you know, like, dude, this not even good matchup. It doesn't matter. He's going to get 20, 30 points on you, sometimes even more. You know, my guy, and it's my guy from last year, and I have a very bad story to tell you guys. Yeah, I like my man, Alvin Kamara. He was my guy last year, and everybody knows that. I was so high on, you know, how good he was and how good he was. And then championship week came, and the only league that I didn't have him in, I was in my finals, and the guy I was going against had Alvin Kamara, and he dropped that six touchdowns or whatever. And fucking destroyed my team. And it was the finals for my most expensive buy-in league. I would have been oh. rich. I would have been <laughs> rich winning that. But Alvin Kamara, my guy, and I had him in all my other leagues. I just couldn't get in that league. And in that league, I drafted Michael Thomas last year. And and I just just sucked. And I just you know, every time there's no way I play Alvin Kamara, it's just it's gonna get ugly. I'd also like to point out again, I think you had Kamara in our sports council league and mm-hmm. you had the Kamara, you can, you had Kamara go off and they still like, I think you still lost in that championship round. Yep. Yeah. Bad juju. For a, uh, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I didn't actually mean to do that, but. Uh, the juju. Yeah. Juju can't scare anyone unless you starting him. Like that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, and he's uh, scaring kids on TikTok. <laughs> Corvette, Corvette. He's got a lot of free time now, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's not going to be on the Steelers next year. Yeah. Not a problem anymore. He has a lot of time to dance in his house now. Exactly. All right. I'm going to go with my guy. Uh, I'll tell you a very spooky story as well to go with it. Was uh, It was the 2018 fantasy football draft. And I was faced with a decision in the fourth round, I believe. I had the choice between either two Vikings wide receivers. I had either Adam Delian or Stefan Diggs. And me, the stupid me that I was, just thought of Stefan Diggs and thought of the Minneapolis miracle and how incredible he was in that game. And I just thought this was the guy that I wanted on my team. This is the guy who wins you know, playoff games. I want Stefan Diggs. He's going to win me fantasy games. So I picked him over Adam Thielian. And then one of my friends, Cy, shout out to Cy, he picked Adam Thielian the next pick. And little did I know that Adam Thielian would take it personally against me and he would proceed to shit on me every single game uh, that I faced him in, including, I believe, the championship game where I faced my buddy Cy and Adam Thielian completely raw-dogged me. And Stefan Diggs, I think, put up four points. And ever since I thought about that day, every time I think about when I match up against Adam Thielian and he goes off against me, he went off against me two weeks ago against Carolina. I think he scored, what, one touchdown, two touchdowns or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, put up 20 points against me. I always think back to that day, 2018. If I just chose him, he would suck, and then we would not have to be talking about this anymore. Did you draft Dealing it this year? No, I did not. 
because I thought Justin Jefferson was going to take his role. Those weren't very mistakes, Matt. Yeah. Also, fuck Stephon Diggs. He's in. He's in. Um, which about Bills now? Right. He's in Buffalo. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I hate him. I remember when he got mad during the conference uh, division finals. I think against the Niners. Oh that he God. was getting touch. He wasn't getting touches. That I was, he was funny. Bust because of that. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, for my fantasy terrorists, it's actually two people specifically. I actually have three, but I kind of want to touch upon these two. Um, the great up north, Seattle. So Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. So this is a little bit of recency bias, but last year um, in one of my matchups, I think it wasn't against Cy. It was against, um, it was, this is also in a different league. But anyway, the opponent, he had his quarterback was Russell Wilson, and one of his wide receivers was it happened to be Tyler Lockett. And I think that game, too, I was up by, like, 10 or 20. Then I, it's kind of, like, similar to Matt, like, this recent week. But at one point, like, an hour later, I checked my phone, and I was losing by 20 because it's – I don't know what's up in Seattle or what, what they have been eating or what they've been drinking – but it's just whenever you, you I see someone with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, they pop off. They like Russell Wilson would throw bombs to Tyler Lockett. And it's also kind of the reason why I drafted Tyler Lockett was because so I don't have to have that feeling of getting blown <laughs> out in like one second in one in key matchups. So that's a great way to face, face your terrors is to just draft them. And the also, stack, the stack is always like the worst, the most fearsome because if it works, it murders you. So that was the biggest thing coming from last season for me. Uh, Russell Wilson again, Ty- Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, and just for um, a runner-up, I would say Travis Kelsey. And that's also why in another league I drafted him too, because um, last year as well, he was him and pa- um, Patty. We're doing very well. It just happened to be this year. They're not doing so great, not doing so hot. But every time I face against a person who has Travis Kelsey in their lineup, he always have like 20 something points in the tight end position. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, where's my tight end doing that? But then again, that was, that was at a time when my tight end was like Evan Engram and I had dropped him next week. Then he Uh, popped off. Then he popped off on me. (laughs) Another horror story. (laughs) Yes. Don't draft Evan Ingram. Don't draft Evan Ingram. Uh, who else is <laughs> out there? Actually, no, I did. I had Hunter Henry at one point, and um, ja- ja- and Yanu Smith, Yanu Smith. But Yanu, at one point, he was he was doing okay. Then he kind of fell off. Now yeah. then, Hunter Henry because he's a Patriot now. That's the thing. They're both Patriots, actually. Yeah, but Hunter Henry is getting the touchdown. He's getting all the Jacoby Meyer touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know what's up, up in Seattle. I don't know what kind of dark magic they're conjuring up over there, but I'm always afraid of Russell Wilson and the Tyler Lockett stack. It's a very fearsome stack indeed. Okay. If you want to share your uh, fantasy horror stories, um, you can always you know, tag us and kind of share with us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at Bay Council. That is B-A-Y-C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And also follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and on Amazon Music if you 
somehow, for some reason, have that. And that is going to do it for this Halloween-themed episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Be Halloween. Be safe out there. Trick or treat. Yes, trick or treat indeed. Sunday, Sunday Halloween. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Signing off.